A wise man once said, the true history of the world is a history of great conversations. Who said this? Me. Three, two, one. Game. Hi, game. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's uh, do that again. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Space Camp Podcast. Today, I am hosting. My name is Kyle. I am also joined by a very special guest today. His name is Torsten. I'm not a goddamn guest, dude. Well, I mean, like, after all that legal stuff, like, you technically have to be a guest because I'm the sole owner and proprietor. <laughs> well, luckily, we're Did not... everyone talk about this on air? <laughs> <laughs> luckily, we're not going to make any money on this, so... Yeah, that's you sole rights for this episode. They've been used... So, I, I got uh, approached by approached by a potential HBO. sponsor. It is the Chinese government, and they want to use, apparently, our recordings to teach... English language in school. You can make a lot of money doing that. He offered me $12. Exactly. <laughs> you can get like a burrito with that, man. You can probably get two burritos if you go to the right place. God damn it, dude. I, I, last time I said, like, you're going to save like $5 a day if you're fasting. And you're like, where are you going to get, where are you going to get stuff for five bucks? Yeah, but you gotta, we're talking quality. Not that cheap <laughs> Chipotle shit. Getting that real Qdoba stuff. I do actually like Qdoba a little bit more so. Just because you get free guac. You can add those little chips in there. Hot sauce. <laughs> they both have hot sauce. <laughs> the one thing that Qdoba has that is the best is that cheese sauce that they have. The cheese sauce that they have. Oh, yeah, the queso sauce. You can yeah, do that at, at Chipotle, too. Yeah, but it probably tastes like trash, just like everything else. Chipotle is trash, to be honest. That's why everybody gets like diseases that haven't been seen on earth in like 7,000 years. Someone gets like Ebola type four. And you're just like, that's a new disease. Isn't it, wasn't it just salmonella? No, it was like a, like a bunch of stuff. Nobody got Ebola from eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their eyes are bleeding. <laughs> I shouldn't have eaten there. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to prove a point and I was proven wrong. Yeah. I don't think anybody's gotten Ebola. No. Probably it's probably. I wonder what the what is the worst kind of ailment. Well, probably someone died because they ate something bad. Yeah, nematodes, dude. Nematodes are by far the worst thing you can get from eating food. Oh, what What's a nematode? So it's like a little worm type thing, but it's not a worm. You can get this if you eat fish that's raw and it's not handled correctly. Because what they what they do is they their goal is to be like to be a parasite inside of like a whale or something. So they grow in these fish in like the early stages, and then they wait until those fish are eaten, and then they grow huge. But you can if a person gets them, they embed themselves in like your intestines and start burrowing through your intestines like out your body. Oh, is that something different from like having tapeworms? Yeah, they're different. <laughs> Good thing I good thing I asked the right questions to the right person. Yeah, they're different. Yeah, that'd be that's what they used to take in uh in uh in like Sea Biscuit. A lot of those uh, horse jockeys they would uh, take tapeworms so they could lose weight. Why would they just not eat? Uh, because you can eat as much as you want, and then the tapeworm eats it all, and you have no nutrition. You lose so, weight. Well, yeah, why not just fast then? Then you don't have to pay for food. 
Because then you don't have to use willpower. I'm sure those little tiny jockey dudes got plenty of willpower, right? Yeah, but the more willpower you use, the less you have available, right? No, that's a damn lie. (laughs) (laughs) But those, those little tiny jockey midget freaks, yeah, dude. Well, think about it. If you go through an entire day, you wake up early, say you do whatever you do in the morning, you go through an entire day of work, and you're tired and exhausted, and then you you uh, go and work out after work, and then you have to go and like I don't know your your significant other wants you to clean the entire house. Are you more or less motivated after doing all the additional stuff before it? I think motivated is a binary. You're either motivated or yeah. Have you ever listened well, to Jacko? Yeah. What would he say about that? <laughs> You're just going to do it or you're not going to do it. That dude's a nuts. That dude is just a freak of nature. I was like, I was listening to some of his earlier stuff and it was, he was talking to someone like, Oh, can you send us your workout? And he's like, he kind of deferred. He didn't want to like put together his entire workout. Um, but then he was just casually talking later on. He's like, yeah, when I don't have my weights or, you know, I don't have access to a gym, then, you know, I'll just be in the hotel room and I'll get a, you know, just get a workout in, do like 300 burpees. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, 300 burpees? Dude, 10 burpees is like plenty of burpees. Yeah. That's nuts, man. That guy, yeah. that guy just has like motivation on a different level. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, because they, they push you beyond what you like the normal guy. Like, I'm tired, so I'm going to stop. It's like someone screaming in your face. <laughs> and then like you can get like court-martialed or something if you, if you uh, say no to them and stuff. Do you really? In boot camp? I think, well, maybe not boot camp, but like... But then you'd probably get a dishonorable discharge or something. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be great. I'm not getting up. Okay. I was reading... Uh, there's a book of the, like the original... Like, you ever seen the movie Super Troopers? Yeah. So I read like the book that that movie's based on. Yeah. It, it basically, it's like just a super military book. But in that book, like if you disobeyed in... in uh, this might be true of the real military. If you struck your your uh, training person, whatever they're called, your drill sergeant, you mm-hmm. get executed. Wow. Is is the book like the real thing and then the movie is just a parody on it? No, the well the yeah, like kind of like the book and the movie are not even related. Like it doesn't seem except for like they happen in the same places sometimes. Huh. But like the book is actually really interesting. It's kind of like uh like this guy this this guy started in the military like straight out of high school because like a girl that he wanted to try to hook up with also went to the military and then he ended up like being recruited into like the space marines which was like the most hardcore people like 20,000 people started this training and like only 200 got through and like like 30% of people died during it or something but uh it, it's oh, just, I think it was what's what's the other movie? The comedy, the Super Troopers, the 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 police guys. Oh, yeah, is that what you're thinking of? That's what I was thinking of. Like trying to <laughs> trying to piece it together. I'm like, what are you talking about? Space? Starship Troopers, space? And, or Super yeah, Troopers space. Starship yeah. Troopers, right? That's what you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, did I, I say like, Super Troopers though? I might. You have. said Super Troopers. I was like, <laughs> how do you? I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> But yeah, sorry. I'm that actually, bit, uh... I'm glad you said that because I was uh, just talking to this guy randomly, and he mentioned that um, they're they're creating a like a space force. Yeah, 
That's you know, there's been all these discussions about it. I that would. I wonder, are they just going to take you know existing NASA technology and then go off on their own? It seems like well, NASA is like owned by the government, right? So like they own yeah. all that stuff. Um, and apparently there already is like a space branch of the Air Force, but they're basically saying like the Air Force is for in atmosphere defense or whatever military and then space would be like yeah like extra planetary out of out of the atmosphere what do you what do you do you think that's a good idea do you think that's i think that's a great idea i love the idea that they're doing that that's super Um, necessary i think too and it's kind of like it's the next great unknown oh yeah definitely in terms of you know in the past christopher columbus coming over to sail into the new world the unknown and constantly going off and trying to to learn and understand something that you're not aware of and now it's it's turned it's like we've almost explored almost everything right on this planet i mean I obviously so. there's there's Maybe an endless amount of stuff there's what's oh yeah and then there's just an endless amount of stuff that continues to arise that you can find out more about, about and dig into but I think the next great frontier to explore is space. And so I like the idea that the, the government is getting involved and taking it seriously. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's super important. Actually, I, I bought the uh, official Space Force hat. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I just got it in the mail yesterday. So it's kind of funny that you brought this up. So people are going to be like, oh, thanks for your service. Like, I, I, I'm not related <laughs> to that at all. I just... Like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's someone, a good idea, guys. Like uh someone sorry. buys you a beer at the at a bar. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, no, it's I don't actually I just support them. <laughs> so well, so apparently it's not being fully like uh it's still in the planning stages and it's not gonna be rolled out until like twenty twenty. Until twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah. So next sometime next year is when it'll like become an official branch, apparently. Does Elon Musk open source all of their technology stuff with SpaceX? Ah, that's a great he does. He's done that with a few of his companies, right? With he like done Tesla. That. He's done that with Tesla? Well, with different components of Tesla. So you could just like build your own Tesla from his open source documents? Um, I Maybe build a battery or something, or maybe even build the entire car. I'm not exactly sure. See, I would, that'd be amazing, because I think, I think patents are stupid to be honest um that'd be amazing if he did if he does do that that'd be incredible and i'd I'd make you respect him even more let's say you had a great idea and you had this small company and you were just selling you know your idea and and making a you know a comfortable living and then some bigger company comes over and just snatches your idea makes it way cheaper for their plants in in pakistan or china and then you're out of a job well that's that's what what happens it's always a race to the, the bottom. That's the best for the consumer, right? Yeah, but in this context, you are protected by the pan, the patent. But like, right? if you're a small company, like, are you really protected by the patent? Oh, are who's you going to be able to afford to take a huge corporation to to court and fight the uh, patent? What's, like, who's, the, who's the owner of the Jaguars? Jacksonville Jaguars? I do not know. Jaguars. Uh, Saheed Khan. He created a... He created a um, device that goes on the back of a truck, like something, some different component of a bumper that links a lot of components together, actually. So it's just one part instead of multiple parts. And then I think some other company just tried to, to 
rip him off, but he had a patent on there. And so he was running his own company and then he didn't have enough money to, to hire legal personnel. And so then he was, he was going to the, like the, the law library and studying law at night. And then he, he was combating the attorneys of this big corporation. And I think he ended up winning. And then there was some nice settlement that he got out of it. That's amazing. Isn't that a ridiculous story? That is really good. So how come, so like he was the only one that can sell it. Was he like selling it for too expensive? Um, Why why would someone want to enter that arena? Because it was just a way more efficient way of doing things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like he found an efficient way of doing things, made money off of it originally. Was this big corporation, is this like a component that's like, like not worth a lot of money or like how, how does that happen? Um, I believe it was, a, maybe it was for a company that he was working for and then he made it on the side or something. Um, I think I've, I've heard about that before. I'm not exactly sure about the exact details of it. The reason but. why I think patents are dumb is if you have, let's say you have materials that you own, right? Yeah. Someone's going to tell you that you can't put those materials together in a certain way because someone thought of it first. Does that make sense? Um, well, what about this? If you wrote a book and you have it, you have the copyright rights to it, um, and then someone else copies it exactly, but they're be- better at distributing it, and they they say it's their own. That what's what's the problem with them recreating exactly what you did and making? money off of what you created already because do you think they'd get away with that i'm sure they could yeah you don't think with like how easy it is to reach large audiences that like they wouldn't be called out immediately well i think that's like the whole protection of it i would say it's like i would say like societal protection would be enough like would you buy the book that is like sold for two dollars cheaper that you know that they just literally copied a book from someone else or would you be like that's a scummy move i'm not gonna buy from you uh, I think there's a lot of variables in there. I think it is a scummy move, but I think that just exemplifies the point that you still want some protection towards your ideas. I think the 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 problems caused by it are vastly outweigh the situations where like those small things would happen. What I mean, I guess you could look at like China, right? Mm-hmm. They're in a position where they just go and they steal intellectual property left and right. Yep. Um, do you think that is valuable for the society to be able to do that? Well, I think it gets improved upon quicker the more people that work on it. And yeah, like, and that's it here. This is this is the argument against that. So let's say you paint a great picture, right? And then you you want to sell that picture. Someone wants to make copies of it and sell copies of the picture. Which one's going to be worth more, the original or the copies, like the picture of the picture? Because you can go get Van Gogh's. Uh, Starry Night for four dollars on a poster. They didn't make that, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's more of like a the art versus. Well, so is a book though. Like a mass, book would be art. mass production of something. Yeah. Well, there's definitely arguments for for it. I think, but I think the the it, I think it gets a the laws get abused more than they protect the small person. Because do you know who holds the majority of patents in at least in the United States? Is it just big corporations? Yeah, like 99% of them or something. That makes sense, though, because they have the most amount of, they're they're employing the most amount of people. 
And when their employees create ideas, it's under the umbrella of the company and they made that possible, right? Yeah, they're using the company's resources to make them, yeah. So I think that, I mean, that makes sense. Oh, it does um, make sense. But then does it make like sense that. that like you can't copy it? Like you, you have all the material itself and they're going to tell you that you can't put the materials that you own together in a certain way because some large corporation already thought of that idea and filed some paperwork. Well, you can, but you just can't profit from it, right? No, you can't even make it because you have to buy guys? it from them. You can't make it? Really? That's the whole point. Yeah. I don't know about that. But anyway. You can make it if you're like testing it, but you can't make Like if it's a com commercially, like if you're using it for like re uh, recreation or commercial purposes, they'll sue you. Well, that's if they find you. I mean, you could probably just copy patent, sit in your house and no one's going to know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, exactly. So if you're going to just do your own thing at your house, you know, build your own nuclear accelerator, then you should be good to do that because hopefully people don't notice unless like there's a big like mushroom cloud over your house. <laughs> well, the, the thing, the thing that I think where it gets a pharmaceutical in industry where they have like what, 10 years of sole rights to distribute like the, the way they put a chemical together. Yeah. That seems a little messed up. And then like, imagine the people who maybe can't afford the medicine in the meantime, like you're just shit out of luck or what? Yeah, basically, my understanding. But I've been known to be wrong. That's one thing we are known to be. It's wrong. So you want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about Game of Thrones here? Yeah. What do you think? Who's who's going to be the next big character to die? You want to you want to just blow our load immediately? Yeah. I think Jon Snow is going to die. Where where did they end off at season seven? So. John's he was, he was, him and Daenerys were like, oh, on that ship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're on that ship and they're going over to, to the Iron to... Throne. Uh, are they going to the Iron Throne? I thought so. Well, they're going somewhere on a boat and then they, they, uh, oh, they're going to them. white, they're going to white Harbor, white Harbor. And then Peter Inklage is watching them hook up and he's jealous because Jon Snow gets to, to be with Daenerys. Yeah. Dinklage likes her, right? Oh yeah, and then uh, Daenerys is his aunt, right? Um, yeah, which is kind of <laughs> messed up. Yeah, it's real messed up. <laughs> Why? But he's so much young. I mean, he—they're he, like the same age, though. Isn't that kind of weird? Well, actually, she's supposed to be way younger than him. How? Like she's, in the books, she's supposed to be like fourteen. But if she's the aunt, wouldn't she have to be older? No, because. So his mom could be like 20 years apart in age from, from their sister, right? Uh, yeah. So like your, let's say your brother is, is, uh, 60. Yeah. 60. And then he has a daughter that would be your aunt, right? Um, no, that'd be my niece. So it'd be my dad. Yeah, but your niece would be, yeah. So it's just the exact opposite. With, uh, so, with so he's the nephew. So his dad was way older than her parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want any more exciting commentary, <laughs> Kyle's going to write that up for you. <laughs> way older than her parents. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Tyrion's a little bit, a little bit um, miffed as far as the whole John and Daenerys getting together. And yeah. so... I feel like he might 
turn and you never really found out what happened at the end of the conversation between him and Cersei, you know, when they yeah. were discussing how Cersei wanted to, what was pregnant with her kid. Yeah. That, uh, whose whose kid is that? That's Jamie's again, another Jamie's kid. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. You're right. The Jamie, is he alive? Yeah. Jamie, um, got threatened by Cersei. Oh yeah. And he left. Yeah, she's just like, nobody walks away from me. And then they had that big bodybuilder guy, the mountain, like pull out his sword. And uh, Jamie's like, I don't believe you. And just walks off. Oh, yeah, I remember. That was awesome. I, Jamie's one of those guys that I I really like as a character. But like, he's kind of, he's a nasty dude, obviously. But he's like, it, it seems like he has honor overall. But then he makes some weird choices sometimes. He's cut. He, he uh, the character development in the show is ridiculous. You know, he was this nasty person in the beginning, but then he gets so much more redeemable as the show progresses. Yeah, I feel like the person who's probably always been like like the the solid ground and hasn't really changed that much. Would you say is Tyrion? Mm, no, because you know, in the like, beginning, he was just he like was a party just party boy. Yeah, but he is still kind of like. Like, he was still, like, a nice person, though. You know what I mean? Like, he always seemed like he at least had a code. Like, even when he was, uh, when he, like, married that uh, prostitute, like, he was still nice to her. And, like, he couldn't believe that she, like, she betrayed him, remember? Yeah. Well, he never married her, right? Or he was living with her. He brought he her home living. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of messed up. Yeah. But it's it's interesting in, in terms of the entire show. One of the reasons I like it is because... You have so many kind of chaotic situations going on, and I think the, the one of the gripping things about the show is that you can have um, all these likable characters that just get butchered. Yeah, and definitely. you just you're just not expecting that at all. And it's you know the maybe the old Hollywood thing is the guy has the fight, he gets the girl, and they live happily ever after. Here it's it's almost the opposite in so many different circumstances where the good guys are killed left and right, and then you have the the bad guys who are continuing to persevere. Yeah, just, there's all these just all these wild situations, and how you can have an honorable character that gets killed because of their strict honorable code. Yeah, so, yeah, because they decided to stick to their their beliefs and that ends up getting them killed because they're too hard headed to survive in this time frame or something. Yeah. So it just, it goes to like, it kind of brings a question in the, the, with this fantasy world, you know, like in today's world, I don't know how much people value someone's character, but even if you are in this fantasy world, it's kind of interesting to pursue that idea. Even if you are, um, your character is unblemished you can still have so many things that go wrong and your family can be put in harm's way because of your code. And so yeah. it's, it kind of brings up the question, like how, what's the, the most meaningful way to live, you know, in the show, but also how would you relate that to life too? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because you always want to try to live by your code the best you can. But I think there's definitely situations where you need to be able to improvise and maybe being so hard headed about a certain idea 
kind of almost does the opposite and like becomes an unhonorable thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you go, you know, if you have this strict code that was it Socrates, he ended up drinking the poison. Yeah, I think so. So you have Socrates that they want him to go and renege on some of the things he said or denounce something. And he has this such a strict code that he would rather drink poison than um, go against his belief system. Yeah. And I think that probably helped him become one of those like transcendent minds, right? Was that he was so firm in his beliefs. Yeah. But how do you how do you take the same thought process, the same philosophy, um, approach to life, and then how do you how do you have that? How do you um, take that and then put it in a different setting? So, for example, in North Korea, if you you're highly encouraged to um, to tell on your family if they're doing something against the government, yeah, and you know you you can have this strict code. But within a different setting, within a different world, um, your strict code can get your family, your, your your entire family decimated. Yeah, that's what's messed up. That's why it's probably better to try to escape if you can, right? If you, if you know you're in a situation like that. But uh, I think that it kind of it kind of goes to maybe like the the rules of engagement or the rules of war too, because like okay, we do have these strict codes in a place of peace but then in in times of war um you still have you know the geneva convention codes and and you still abide by certain codes but you're allowed to kill yes yeah i think i think i think that's probably about right like you you have to have different codes for different situations based on the stakes right isn't that interesting though because then you have to be flexible with your code yeah, well, I think yeah, I think most people probably are, and if maybe too too much of a degree inflexible with their codes. Yeah, I think because I think one of the things is people misjudge the stakes of certain situations. So like they'll change their code for something that seems dire that really is pretty mundane. Like like change your code. Like like talk about uh, Hollywood, right? Like people who normally wouldn't sexually assault and rape people look the other way because this powerful guy controlled their career and maybe getting fired from Miramax would seem like, like a big detrimental thing, but in reality it might not be, you can go find a job, be happy somewhere else, you know? Yeah. And kind of protect the people that need the protection. Exactly. And then you also have the simple things like I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning at five and I'm going to get a workout in. And then you wake up and you're like, oh man, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> and you hit I'm not very tired, times. just pretty tired. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that comes down to yeah, discipline, probably. Because it seems like, oh, that extra 20 minutes of sleep is gonna make me feel so much better. But like in actuality, does it? I usually it makes me feel worse. Yeah, like 90% of the time if I go back to sleep, like I wake up even groggier. Yeah. And then it carries throughout the entire day, and you're like, oh man, this is awful. <laughs> For me, at least. Have you ever noticed that too? Like, if you ever just feel terrible, like maybe you're a little hungover or something, and you just get up and start moving, like you recover so fast. Yeah. Well, especially if instead of if you're, so you're hungover, and then if you snooze ten times, you feel like dog shit the rest of the day. But if you are hungover and you just get up and you just fucking go, 
that I think that there's something I think there's so much power to that. Yeah. And and it's it's weird that your body responds that way. That like yeah. you would think more rest would be better, but in reality what you're doing is you're telling your body like this is too much to go on, so I'm gonna postpone it as long as I can. And that's kind of like the mentality you bring into the rest of the day. Versus yeah. if you wake up and say like this is nothing, I can deal with this. This is bunch of bs i can get up and do it and your body kind of responds like hey this is nothing i think that goes into the the attack versus react so like even within like the marines or within the military the infantrymen who were told to wait you know for the enemies to come and then you know defend this position you know you're sitting and waiting and it it is led to a situation where a lot of those people have so much more ptsd versus the the seals and guys who go and they do these missions and they're proactive. Yeah. Where they have the, yeah, the terms of engagement are in their favor. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a, a link there between waking up in the morning and you just getting after it versus, you know, snoozing 10 times and then reacting to the day. Yeah, probably actually. And just imagine like in, from a soldier's point of view, how much more stressful it is. Like if you have to sit and wait and like, you're, you're looking at everything, like, is this going to attack? Is this going to attack? Yeah. And that's just probably mentally draining, right? <laughs> yeah. It's good inspiration for tomorrow. And then I'm just going to wake up and be like, ah, I'm going to just sleep for another 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I see. I, I used to like to, I used to be snoozing type, but then I, I kind of just stopped because I don't know. I just did. And like looking back, it's just kind of like, like I hate it. I hate that I like spent an extra 15 minutes a day just laying there. Yeah, it's so much nicer for me. I feel a thousand times better if I just get up and get going. Yeah, just get on with the day. Don't sit there and dilly dally. But going back to the the idea over the show, you know the the questioning of your code and your uh, way of operating in the setting that you're in. I think that kind of naturally progresses into the the book that we just read by uh, Lamar Waldron. What's the entire book called? The case. book was The Hidden History of the JFK Assassination, the definitive account of the most controversial crime of the 20th century. First of all, what stuck out to me is I didn't have a, I had not looked into the whole conspiracy too much. And I think I just accepted that there were some, a lot of inconsistencies and, you know, things were hazy around Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, watching that movie uh, about JFK with Kevin Costner. Um, kind of got me to think about it a little bit more. Is this, you know, what is going on here? Is this just some like government CIA type of thing where the CIA just took the president out because of some particular agenda? But the book, the big surprise for me was how the it wasn't necessarily the government that was pulling the strings. It was a clandestine organization, you know, the 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 mafia yeah began to began to pull the strings and get things moving forward and the whole sur- all of the things surrounding it were just just blew my mind in terms of the, the level of connections and whatnot what no, were your thoughts on it anything that surprised you yeah i think i think it the definitely the the mafia uh kind of tentacles in every single like with every single person connected to that was is crazy. Like they all knew the the big mob Don or Don down in Louisiana. He had Carlos. what? Yeah, Carlos. Carlos. 
Michello. Yeah, Michello. And he, what he had the largest organization in the United States, as including corporations, right? Yeah, I think his revenue or his income, uh, well, his revenue was estimated to be larger than General Motors, the largest revenue generating company at the time, I believe. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and so uh, he was pulling in multiple billion, wow. something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Especially if you're talking about revenue, because that doesn't uh, include your cost. But no, yeah, I think the, the, the thing that really surprised me is I, I knew that that the government, just from like the research I've done, was involved in some way. But I didn't realize that the government basically through its own its own like crappy practices and like really focusing on trying to assassinate Fidel Castro were kind of in a clandestine manner. Yeah. Where they were forced, like their hand was forced to cover up the mob's involvement in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Which was yeah, absolutely wild. So it's like this whole plan that um JFK was a part of, right? And RFK was a part of too. Yeah. Yeah, because they were they were all trying to overthrow Castro down in Cuba. And there was a bunch of a bunch of operations that the CIA was fronting. And that, and one of the CIA's plans was to use the mafia to assassinate Castro. So that's how the mafia got roped into this. And then RFK apparently made the mistake of of uh, deporting the the mob don. Right? Yeah. Maybe not. Well, I guess. Yeah, it inevitably was a mistake in terms of. Well, yeah, I'm saying a mistake for. of for their lives. Yeah, yeah. And so with with that, it, it was just wild how you can have someone like Carlos Michello and uh, one of the the largest. And to break that down, he was one of the. He's part of the oldest Italian mafia family that originated or that stemmed from Louisiana. Yeah, he's yeah he's in Louisiana, which is another thing that I didn't even know about. Like when you think of mafia people, like Chicago, New York, right? Yeah. So that was yeah surprising, but he was one of the oldest members of this this old family, and so he had the most clout. It sounded like within the mafioso, and um, ended up using that to orchestrate a hit on the president yeah and what was crazy too is how basically the exact same plan that happened in dallas happened in tampa and chicago just literally a week and two weeks before they had the same uh the same type of uh patsy sign like lined up like a guy who uh like a guy who served in the military he entered the military too young Apparently, the the person defected to an enemy state, and then they got jobs at a tall building <laughs> that just happened to be on the path of where the president was going. Yeah, in each city, and it was it's wild just the level of sophistication behind um, the mafia at that point in time. You know, billions of dollars in revenue, and your ability to just take control of all these different situations, um, you know, murdering people uh, with impunity, it sounded like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just like the people connected to the case that have died. It's, it's a staggering amount. It's, an, it's crazy. What would you say to, to someone who was just like, no, nah, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. That's, you know, that's what it says on Wikipedia. 
Well, I would just I would just ask them questions. Like I would like I would like to see how how versed they are in 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 the uh, not even just the conspiracy, just in the data available, like just in the Warren Commission itself. Yeah, what it's uh it's just one of those things where you have something that's so driven by the media and you know the the ability of of you know people in government higher powers in government and then higher uh, higher authorities in the mafia to just completely pull the wool over the public's eyes yeah and just have no idea and yeah i, I think just the most the yeah the craziest thing about it is yeah how our own government could could have to cover this up because they were involved in so many other nefarious activities that it might have started World War Three. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just the, that was the interesting thing about it. And the, the mafia planted all these red herring linking it to Russia that the CIA felt like they had to cover up and RFK went on a, a special agenda to, to cloud things and to, um, take control of the information. Well, even RFK thought it was the CIA originally, right? Didn't he call the director of the CIA and said it was one of your guys, wasn't it? Didn't he call him and say that? Yeah, he did. But there were so many of the CIA that were in the pocket of Carlos Michello. Yeah, which is, and yeah, so. which is, and it seems like there was that rogue CIA agent who continued using the mafia after the plans were kind of nixed, right? He still continued on with the plan because he thought it would be a, a good backup to using the uh, the uh, like the assassins from Cuba. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It just shows like if you you play assassination games, you're at risk to get assassinated yourself. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it definitely backfired on the Kennedys. I would I want to know why this is not like a widely known conspiracy why all the facts are still hidden to this day i i think it's just a a certain level of um not looking into things you know because yeah. i i didn't really think about this too deeply before having gone through that book yeah it's true and imagine what else we could learn like doing an even deeper dive like is there other stuff that that we're not seeing still oh i'm sure i mean this guy you know waldron spent 25 years of his life digging into this you know you yeah. could you could put so much time and energy but at a i think i think he does just a great job of presenting the information i'm really looking forward to the movie i don't know when that's set to come out with uh good old leo really i didn't hear about that i thought that was the case i thought that leonardo dicaprio was coming out let's let's double check this maybe i'm wrong um J I didn't, Legacy of Secrecy, maybe? Legacy of Secrecy. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's a different JFK thing. Yeah, hopefully it's not uh, uh -huh. just the the standard story over again. Yeah. Unless yeah, that would be kind of funny if, it, if they made a satire about it where they made everything in the War Commission 100% true and that's how it happened. Yeah. I think that would be kind of funny, like in a kind of dark way. <laughs> Like the bullet yeah, that needs yeah. to ricochet five times, then when it le when it's finally found on on the stretcher for some reason of, yeah. of the governor, it's just completely undamaged. You basically need a cartoon to create something like that. Yeah, it would be well, it's CGI now. 
but yeah, you can make it. But then it just show like if you just showed the actual evidence in like in real terms, people would understand how ridiculous it is. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just amazing, you know, just the level of power that was going on, you know, the a power that was beyond the government, you know, and you'd think the, the government is one of the strongest powers. And eventually, you know, the mafia, mafia bosses begin to get put away. But the amount of freedom that they had, despite all the killings that they did, despite all the money that they stole, the racketeering, all of it, you know, they oh, were yeah. still, they were the ones in power. Well, it's kind of like what Mexico is going through now, right? With the cartels in Central America. Yeah. Like I guess, El Chapo yeah. and stuff. He, he can just, they put it, they finally put him in jail and he escapes like a day later through like a tunnel that was already built. Like that <laughs> was planned beforehand. Like that means whoever put him in that cell like probably wasn't involved, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they probably got paid really well too. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I mean, that's it. That story about El Chapo is he thought his daughter was cold. So he set money on fire to keep her warm. Like <laughs> that dude had a lot of money. But yeah, just uh, the level of sophistication behind those organizations is impressive to me. Well, you think about it, like, yeah, you probably think it, it's just a bunch of criminals, but no, like, in order to be successful, they probably need to be run just like a business, right? Yeah. Except for a business that can play by rules that other businesses can't. And yeah, you, you almost have to be more clever. Yeah, in order to avoid detection or know who you need to, whose hand you need to not go to jail and not get caught, right? Yeah. Um, that's That's just absolutely insane to me, just the the ability to completely manipulate that scenario. And he rose up, you know, from a, from a family of nothing to being the number one crime boss. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. And then did you, did you read at all or hear at all about his, uh, supposed his, uh, what's it called? It's his confessions. Um, yeah. The can Camtex operation. Yep. That seems super reliable right he doesn't know he's being listened to at all maybe you can break it down a little bit if our one listener is there so yeah so basically what happened is they they found a guy who is actually like in jail because he was a good guy is uh he he robbed a bank with a magic marker or something and uh a dirty bag of laundry and a magic marker or something yeah and he said that he had a bomb in the bag and he actually got away and he felt so guilty about it. He turned himself in the next day and the cop said like, yeah, you would have gotten away with it. We had no idea. So this guy was sentenced to what? Seven was, years because he was like Jack, Jack Langdon. Yeah. That was his name. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's an interesting point too, because you know, someone did the honorable thing and spoke up and said that, you know, I, I made the mis mistake and, you know, a, a truly, I don't know what the word is, a truly just society, I believe would allow him to return you know, the money, yeah. return the money and go about his life because that's a, that's a person that you want in your society. Yeah. A person who gets away with a crime and can't bear their own conscience. So has to go and turn themselves in, but like you, yeah the enforcement doesn't see that the judicial system doesn't see it that way. So they lock him up for yeah, seven or 10 years, which is funny because he kind of had to play that he was turning into a hardened criminal because he was ended up, he 
was approached by the FBI and convinced eventually, once he was told what this guy has done, what uh, Mancello has done, to kind of be their inside ears. And he developed a friendship with him over, what, like a two-year period, being his roommate? Yeah. And yeah. And then, yeah, made some deals with him to get him moved to like nicer and nicer prisons through the CIA, CIA. Yeah, or through the FBI or FBI. And then, yeah. And then uh, eventually he was called upon to, because he, because he always noticed that like whenever they talked about JFK, he always got worked up. Right. Yeah. So then he kind of told the FBI about how he started acting and they, and they ended up giving him a bug inside of a radio. Right. Yeah. And he happened to, to be talking about, John F. Kennedy and Mancello admitted to having him killed. And then it happened again not too long later, right? It was the only two times he's ever talked about it, apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are, there are a lot of hints about it. Um, but another interesting part was that when Langdon got out of jail, um, they, he, I think there was almost a hit put on him where these two uh, mafia missiles these guys get out of their car yeah and they are beating the shit out of him right yeah yeah out of, uh, out of jack Lehman. yep and some, yeah. some guy some um civilian comes around the corner and the the mafia guys run off um and then he keeps on telling the FBI, fbi that he needs protection and they just don't really do anything which is wild you know yeah especially after he got you that confession which ended up so he got he confessed to something else, and that guy was in jail for the rest of his life, right? Yeah, I think there are multiple confessions that came out, which it definitely helped out the FBI. Yeah, and they just kind of pushed him off to the side and didn't really honor their word, which is no. so scary. Yeah, well, because yeah, it just proves like they don't really care about you. Like they have their goal, and that seems to be like kind of the the issue, like the overlying theme of this. Yeah. Kind of the lies and deceit. Yeah. Well, I thought if you had to rank the book out of the books you've read in your life, what what tier is this? Uh, Why? Well, I, I mean, out of like a 10 out of 10? I would say like top tier, below average or whatever. You could do 10 say, out of 10 if you want. I would say it was a top tier book. Like it was, there's so much insight that this guy put into it. And I think it was told in a in an engaging way. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's a very logical thinker, this yeah. uh, this writer, which was great because it yeah because there's so much information that that he's trying to share with you that is good that he was able to put it in such a concise manner. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty good. I uh, <laughs> it was top tier. It was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, what would you rank it out of ten? Out of ten, I I would give it a nine and a half. What could he have done better? I don't know. Maybe if it was in space. <laughs> just, Do you know that they say people who talk to themselves are smarter than those who don't? Who says that? I wasn't talking to you. Oh, God. <laughs> Dad joke hour, everybody. <laughs> uh, should we close things out? Yeah, let's uh, pull up the random catchphrase generator. Here we go. It looks like it might be relevant. Who knows? Picture revealed. Picture revealed. That's that's perfect. So what what does that mean in in context of what we just talked about? 
Mm, I think that's when you are flipping through a where's Waldo picture and then you f- spot Waldo after searching for five minutes. And, <laughs> yep, and like the feeling you get from that, there's clarity and yeah, you, you feel fantastic. You found like Waldo. That. You understood what's going on in the picture. So yeah, so that's kind of, that's actually perfect to the book, right? Yeah. Like just like that, it's that moment of clarity when you read it and you're like, holy crap, this is all like a thing that's connected and real picture revealed. The last one was let the maggot obtain sight of the rabbit. Oh, yeah. This one's better. This one's relevant. (laughs) Way better. Uh, Picture revealed, folks. Picture revealed. Yay! The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. Yay! The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.